This is lay it back, everybody. Lay it back. Kicking, is that what it is? Kicking back. For kick it back, everybody. We were late. Kicking we're back. <laughs> Lay, you know? Joel would never go for that. He's got some homophobia. Joel and James laying back together. Yeah, he, he wouldn't go for that at Smooth all. Smooth comedy talk. Yeah. Jo- amazing Jonathan lays back with James and Joel this week. That's just. But, but you, Jonathan. Jonathan. You guys need Kenny G music for this. <laughs> Unapologetically hypeless and heartfelt. This is Kicking Back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. I was so devastated. I beat myself up for about three days. Oh, no, that's all right, mate. Steve, I, I explained it all to Steve, and he was like, oh, no way. Is You know, we're talking about how, you know, we all got some good laughs in there and everything. But, um, you know, I said, can we do it again when I'm back in town? And he said, yeah, sure. Well, I've got some. I got my notes from from then. From the last one. All right, cool. Well, we can. We got some fodder, and also too. I think we we um you know we made it. You know, we set up a kind of precedent with the first one, so I think we'll. I just copied you on our standard operating procedures. Oh, did you? No, I didn't see that. So, basically, we what we do every single time, so we don't fuck up. But I'm recording yeah, on yeah. two devices now, and if you record, um, but then we got every angle covered. We got yeah. all the bases covered. Well, um, here let me put let me put Jonathan's with me now, so I'll just put him on um, on with us, and we can get it rolling. Here you go, Jonathan. That's your uh, that's your headset there. So um, it's just got the mic. There. I'm just talking to this, and it works. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> This so, is amazing. Can he see me? <laughs> no, he can, I think he I can can't see, see you. But uh, Joel, do you have a handkerchief? Is he all the way in Australia. Yeah. Holy macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's new technology from down under. This is Apple. This Apple thing's getting out of hand. <laughs> so, uh, Jonathan James. James, hey, James. Jonathan. Hey, how are you, Jonathan? I'm all right. You sound tired. No, I'm, I'm all right. I'm not <laughs> tired. I'm, uh, I'm in pain. Yeah, jo- Jonathan's uh, been uh, going through some life-altering um Altering as in it won't be uh, a life anymore. <laughs> I'm dying, well, James. I'm dying. Well, I've seen some of your sketches on t- TV. Oh, I'm dying, James. <laughs> I'm dying. It looks like you're a bit hard on yourself, like you're shoving things up in your nose and your ears and um, eyeballs. Yeah, if it were only pencils, I'd, if it were only pencils, I'd be fine. <laughs> no, I think you had you had drills. All sorts of things. Yeah, yeah that's right. There, there was the... you cut your arm with a knife. Yeah, yeah, I'm a maniac for sure. <laughs> so um, he's a maniac. So we, um, well, we, I guess we should get started on the uh, on the. It, it, just to give you some background, James, um, Jonathan. I don't know. Am I right to t- tell James about this? What you know about your condition at the yeah, moment? Yeah, sure. Well, Jonathan's, you know, he's got a heart condition. And he's been given, uh, yeah, some rather, you know, ra- rather, um, I don't know. What, what, what would you say, Jonathan? Uh, life, life I give, I've been given a time, expiration date. Yeah, and, uh, about a year. About so. a year. And so I'm smoking meth right now and doing heroin. And- <laughs> well, go for it. My grandma used to say if she was a kid, she'd try every single drug on the market. Yeah, that's just being irresponsible. I think so. I yeah. think she was irresponsible. <laughs> but she was good in bed. You did try a few. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, so we're, we're going through a little period now of adjusting to the fact that I won't be on this planet for more than a year. And does it make you feel that you're going to operate in a different way for the next year? 
No, it doesn't. I, I have to operate differently because I can't do any of the things that I was um, able to do before. Like I can't walk anymore. It's very hard for me to walk. It's very hard for me to sleep. It's very hard for me to uh, feel my hands and, and, and all kinds of stuff. So I've had to adjust to it already, but uh, I'm doing fine. I've had, I had it made, James. If you could trade your life for my life, I would say do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't good- know. Given the news – I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe not. But, okay, maybe given the news. Now. It looks like it, you you were right into the physical stuff too with your performances. So not no more. Yeah. Would you would you turn to verbal magic of some kind? Well, you tell me. Would you pay to see this verbal magic right now? You're listening to. <laughs> I don't know. I think. Well, in some in some contexts, maybe you know, like there's guys like. You want to see a verbal magic trick? Yes, please. In your head, pick a number between 1 and 10, and your listeners can do the same. Don't tell me what it is. Just think of the number. Got it? Got it. Multiply that number by 9. Yep. We just lost half of America, if if you're listening. (laughs) Okay, it should be a two-digit number, correct? Yes. Add those two digits together. Okay. And subtract 5. Yep. You got your number? Whatever your number is that you're left with, I want you to count that many letters over in the alphabet. Like A would be one, B would be two. Get your number that corresponds to your letter or your number letter. Got it. All right. Can you think of a country in Europe that starts with your letter? Yep. The second letter of the country you're thinking of. Can you think of a circus animal that starts with the second letter? Yep. There are no elephants in Denmark. Oh, that's tricky. Far out. (laughs) The fuck did you do that? If you did your math right, there's only one answer, and that's yeah. It. That's exactly what I came. I up thought with. there's no otters in Guatemala. But. Circus animals. <laughs> I was almost going to cheat and say Deutschland. That's not. A, that's, that's, that's that's slang, though. That's not that real. Yeah. No, I figured that it has to be Denmark. Deutschland. There's only one other. I think the Django. But if but, but when you say Europe, that, yeah, that, yeah. that gets rid of those country in Europe. But the, that is amazing. Yeah. Well, they don't call him amazing Jonathan for nothing. Well, that's right. It's you know, it's well earned. And then there's the scissors trick. So I don't, I don't need my body. I don't need my body, James, to be ver- for it to be amazing. Have we done the scissors trick yet? I do need my <laughs> my heart, though. Fortunately, <laughs> Jonathan, have we done the scissors trick yet? You guys, I heard scissors in the background. Yeah, we, we're doing it now. We'll do it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I picked up on that just now. I never heard my routine before. I always seen it pretty funny just hearing it i've watched you on a couple of shows and you had a few things there consistent i like your special linked your chinese mysterious linked rings trick but they come pre-linked so you just throw them away yeah yeah to save time save time it yeah. saves a lot of time well the new special i gave i gave joel a brand new special now with the linking rings i put it through the guy's tongue i asked the guy in the audience can you pull these well, apart that, that's and, what you used to do to me in the audience oh, yeah. i was like the punk kid, oh, you right? shill. Yeah. Punk kid that's right. where we started it that's right and I, so what you were totally planted yeah yeah he totally yeah among many other things he was, he was, I, I was a also shill. a shill and i'd be like dressed up with like a nose ring you and would earring. Have a, yeah right and then you'd pull it out and blood would come gushing Did out ever pull your spine out i pulled your spine out a few times um yeah you? yeah that one is this your spine is this your wallet yeah yeah where you pick the wallet is this your watch is this your spine and then yeah rips my spine out i like the money the money one the money trick's good where you borrow money from the audience yeah well the best the best new one of all joe will show you i don't know how 
It's the foam magic is the best thing now, but yeah, I'm looking it's hard to, to describe. That's on the DVD you gave me, right? Yeah. I'm that not. Was, I'm not going to write any more material. I'm going to rest on my laurels for a year and just. Uh, Joel borrowed one of your gags when he when he um, uses the the tennis racket. He hands the tennis racket to the audience. Oh, he borrowed my tennis racket. Uh, yeah, it wasn't well, I, my gag. I, I got the tennis racket, and then that, actually, it was Jonathan's tennis racket that we got That's from his right. Imagine garage. my surprise when I <laughs> saw him on the TV. And I'm standing on the court. Yeah. <laughs> when he hands it to the audience to check it to make yeah. sure it's a proper tennis racket. I hear you're an internet whiz kid, huh? Yeah, it's true. You're, you're a media. Uh... I did so well on my last podcast that we lost the whole recording and it ended up uh, we, had, we had a fantastic chat and none of it got published. I, yeah. I, I love the fact that people pay you, James, thousands of dollars a month for your internet intelligence and... <laughs> We managed to lose a whole 45-minute It was like the best material ever until today, of course, because amazing Jonathan is like taking it up, taking it up a notch. Well, what Jonathan does, we, Jonathan and I just did, a, he does an online video, um, like a web show, and we just did one um, earlier on tonight. Yeah. And Jonathan was telling me, so you don't, don't feel so bad, James. He lost the first two episodes. Yeah, a video show. podcast. And I, Every, anyone who's published anything's lost something. Yeah. It's, it's like a part, part of Amazing Jonathan's anatomy in any of performance. Well, my... My director took him and raced him on purpose. What was your excuse? How did you lose him? <laughs> James forgot to press record. No, I, what? No, what happened? We just had some preamble crap before the show, and I turned the recorder off because I thought I don't want to waste my editor's time listening to this dribble. And then I but the conversation was so enthralling that you forgot to. Well, we it, kind of started in the show without thing, and then at the end of the show, I went to turn it off, and it was and oh, it was already off. And I'm like, Oh, no, you didn't tell me that, Joel. Yeah. I would have told you to lose this bomb, man. <laughs> That's devastating. Yeah. I know. And then I, I get a message from James on Facebook that he's still awake. And this is like, you know, maybe 20 minutes later. So I thought you must have the most harrowing 20 minutes trying to figure out how the, how the hell you're going to recover it. Hey, James, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Would you check to see if the record button's on right now just for the <laughs> hell of it? Humor me. Just humor me. It's recording on multiple oh. devices. <laughs> All right. Just humor me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to lose so, this brilliance. So you, you know, people often wonder how you how you know how you get into doing comedy. Well, the gentleman sitting across from me is a reason why I got into doing uh, stand-up comedy. Don't Did, hold me! Don't hold me to that. <laughs> which which came first for amazing? The Jonathan? chicken was it? Comedy or magic? Oh, uh, magic came uh. first. Magic Did, came first, and then I did a high school talent show that went so horribly awry that I never did magic another day in my life. Now, what happened in that magic show, Jonathan? All right, James, you ready? I was to do six magic tricks. And by the way, your whole family was there, Jonathan. My family, and my your school, school friends. It was a oh, high was school, school talent show. Yeah. So my relatives, everybody I knew on this planet was sitting in the audience waiting for me to do a good job. And, and like I had done so many times before. And uh, all six tricks went horribly wrong. Not just wrong, horribly wrong. I killed a bird. I killed a dove. <laughs> Uh, it, it ran away from me, and I chased it, and it stopped real quick. Apparently, it can stop faster than humans, because I I ran right over him. 
and squashed him. And this is a bird I had for seven, seven or eight years. His name was Christopher. I still remember that. I love that bird. And then, so you you have to have the the inner like tragedy of killing your bird, but while continuing the show. That's yeah. I'm not going to stop a show because of it. Yeah, it's just a bird. Is that when you discovered that people laugh at horrific events like that? No, this is the show went so wrong. Well, what else happened in the show? You okay. had the, the cane. Yeah, the, the the vanishing cane got snagged halfway down, so it only vanished halfway with the handkerchief with the hanging, hanging, out, hanging the other out the other half. <laughs> That was supposed to turn into. Uh, let's see. Uh, the girl in the sword cabinet had a leg cramp, and she said, "I have to get out. I got to get out now." This is while the swords are still in the box, and I, I said, "No, you have to stay in." She got out. She popped the top off, and all the sides fell off. Exposed the whole tree. Yeah. And the, then I exposed the levitation where she's floating in the air. But there's a big steel bar that holds her up in the air. That's supposed to be hidden until a certain part of the show. And but it was not hidden. It was visible the entire show. They saw this metal bar holding her up. <laughs> so they're just seeing a girl just balancing yeah. on a metal bar, and right. then the guillotine got fucked up, and then the lights went out too quick. It was just a mess. And uh, afterwards, it was so bad that none of the kids in school came up to me the next day to tease me. They just didn't say a word to me. They were like so embarrassed for me that they didn't say anything, which is even more humiliating than having them, you know, go ha ha. Acknowledge or it, yeah. Not kneel down behind me and push. You. And then, yeah. you, then that was the day that you that was the vowed night, never that, to do that was the magic. day the music died. <laughs> the magic died. Yeah. Was there any gift in this? Like, obviously, you use a lot of those things in your comedy routines. You show the sticky tape. You you show people hidden wires. I went through a whole transition of trying to become a magician on the street before I discovered that comedy was going to be it. Yeah. Now I, I I welcome that kind of stuff. But not just for my act, for any magician that I'm watching, I'm always hopefully wishing that he would fuck up so that, that I can get the benefit of it. Well, we used to, but people seem to laugh. They It's kind of like you're like – Magic gone wrong is it's very hilarious. A terrible it's magician. Very, and that's that's the comedy. Yeah, well, it's very funny to well, see a trick get goofed up. We, Jonathan, you and I used to go to the Magic Castle every yeah. week. And, and whenever we saw a magician screw up, that was like that the was highlight my, that of was my, night. That goes right in my act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a magician trying to be blindfolded and he's trying to stab a card that was on the table, some card that someone chose with a knife, and he kept getting wrong cards. It was wrong, 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 wrong. Then he started doing clusters of cards. Was it one of these? Was it one of these? <laughs> so I, I stole that whole bit and did it with uh, with a little blood in it, and it works. After all, I just have to do is add a little blood to the, everything, and it works good. Have you yeah. Like the razor razor blades. Like that, like no one had done that with blood before, and when you did it, you had blood flowing out of your mouth, and that's yeah. what you know, differentiated you. Now I got it flowing out of my ass and it's not so funny. <laughs> I noticed one of the uh, hosts there who, who I don't think is that funny was Daryl Summers, but he had trouble explaining your act. Did you find it was hard for people to ki- pigeonhole you? Yeah, Daryl was a little taken aback by my show at some moments. Yeah. I remember when I, came, I, I, I saw Stevie Wonder was on the show with me on Hey Hey and I came up with this brainstorm and I ran into the makeup room and I said, quick, make me look beat up. So they made me, they ripped my shirt and they put a black eye on me and tussled my hair around. And I went out, Daryl said, what happened to you? He said, ah, I said, oh, some black guy bumped into me in the hallway and didn't say, excuse me. He's like, he didn't even see me. So I beat the shit out of him. And Daryl's like looking at me like, oh, you fucked it. This is not rehearsed. We didn't plan on this. <laughs> we did not clear this for the senses. Yeah. But but hey hey it's Saturday it, like you were like you had a pass to go on that whenever you wanted whenever yeah. whenever you were in yeah. Australia you did that show they made sure they fit me in on that show because I was I'd always pull something on them 
And I remember there was a Hey Hey It's the Comedians back in the early 90s. And they put on all of the best comedians that they ever had on. And then at the end of the show, Daryl came on and did a segment saying, we've saved the best to last. You know, this guy, you know, is an example of the best comedian that we've ever had on the show. And then they, uh, then they rolled tape and it was you. It was just, me. Go, yes. go figure. <laughs> it was you and, you had, and the poor boom operator had some booger on his nose and you asked him to wipe it off a few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ozzy. Do you find uh, different audience reactions in different countries? No, I kill everywhere, man. Humble as well. I like it. I'm not humble. I'm not humble. I'm just honest. I kill everywhere. Literally, you kill. Someone died in an audience at your show once. Too. Yeah, I've had. So I had a girl die once. Yeah. Did you turn that into a Jonathan Edwards like mind ready? No, I didn't. No, I didn't turn. It into, I, I let. I let the ambulance drive. I try not to call attention to her. She's trying to get attention, you know, yeah. by dying. <laughs> Take it away. Tell us something about Joel that we might know. I could tell you some great uh, stuff about Joel. Yeah, I'm really. You, right. You've opened so, Pandora's box, so listen James. Listen to this, James. Joel's <laughs> mom comes Joel. out. Joel's mom comes out for a visit and starts telling us little Joel stories about when he was like nine or ten years old, and they were so tragic. And Joel was so embarrassed by him that he kept yelling, "Mom, don't tell that story," because it was a story that shaped young Joel to be the man he is today. And, and that is his dad and his mom going through a horrible divorce and being separated and Joel being traumatized by the separation. Listen to this. So Joel's mom told us the story about Joel who was, could draw beautifully, but after the divorce, he would, he would only draw stick men. <laughs> this is true. And Joel, Joel's mom is said, Joel's horrified that she's telling this now, story. Keep in mind, everyone else at this dinner table and is I'm like mortified dying. and I'm, Jonathan's like barreled I'm, over. I'm, this I'm, this I is the funniest thing he's ever heard. so hard. <laughs> That's just one of them. Here's another really tragic, very, very tragic story. All the boys and the girls in Joel's classroom were asked, put your hands up if, if you think you're special. And they all put their hands up, except for little Joel. And he didn't put his hand up. And the teacher says, why didn't you put your hand up, little Joel? And she, he said, because if I was special, my dad wouldn't have left me. Oh, oh Joel. Not, is that why you have that little desk at home, Joel? <laughs> the, the, the little school like, desk, just to remember that. Yeah. yeah, to keep oh, in touch with that. Listen, it's got this tiny, that's what he writes all his gags, his little tiny yeah, school desk. And he desk. cries, it's and he's, he's got a, a, a cardboard cutout of his dad. <laughs> and yeah, um, Joel's a very good good gift giver. Has he given you anything unusual? He always gives me good gifts. Always says, but wait, yeah, let me tell my last little Joel oh, story. Okay, this sorry. Is the best one was he was on Santa Claus's lap, but he was taking so long that his mom was going, what, what is he talking about on the lap? So she went behind Santa Claus to overhear them talking, and Joel was saying, all I want for Christmas is my dad to come back home. <laughs> and this is like, Jonathan would go on the radio oh, and tell these stories when I used they're to just so precious. travel with him. There are so moments <laughs> like those are precious in this lifetime. Joel is quite, he's quite sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> He is. He's a. He's, he's got a, a very sensitive heart. But but like but like we were saying before, Jonathan, that most of the great comedians have some issue with their with their fathers. Either they their you didn't have are, an issue. You didn't have an issue with your father. He had an issue with you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's or he wouldn't have left. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> But, but, okay, so, but through, you look throughout history. You read a lot of the um, the comedians. They've had some form yeah, of a strange read, relationship. And serial killers too, if you read throughout <laughs> the history. And a lot of them seem depressed when they're not funny, yeah. like yeah, most of the time. Right. 
You're not like that, Joel. No, you're no. just a happy-go-lucky puppy that's ramping through the forest. Yeah, comedy. he doesn't. Yeah, he's, he doesn't you know. see the fucking dog catcher at yeah. the end of the road. <laughs> I don't know if he told you, Amazing Jonathan, but Joel's turned to surfing lately. No, he has not. Yeah, like, Je- well, yeah, James is. An, that. James is an avid surfer, oh. and um, he got me out there, and. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Did Although, you tell James that our, our manager used to be a professional. Yeah, did I tell you about Gary Proper? He was like the first. Yeah, he was a famous. Surfer. Yeah, he was like the first famous surfer from yeah from the from the East Coast, and they um Ho, is it Hobie boards? Yeah, they, 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 yes. they sponsored him. Yeah, and there's a signature edition board. There's a statue Gary of Proper. him in uh, in Florida on the beach of him. Yeah, he, he's a very fa- he actually. Uh, Brought the teenage ninja turtles he was, also. Yeah, he was. He had the right. He was one of the co-creators on the teenage mutant ninja turtles. And that's why and, he has Kawabunga. That's because he's a surfer. Yeah, yeah. So he had a big James. Are you that. a surfer? Yeah, I go. Every, I go every day a couple of times. And Joel's been how how long do you surf since you were a kid? No, since uh, the beginning of the year. That's actually. it. So yeah, like just started how old are you? and absolutely. 42 well, that's good that you started that this late age man that's good is it hard it must is it hard to do it's yes it's hard and it's amazing and when i'm down at the surf shop the guy there goes you're just like a little grom or grommet's like a little grommet teenage surfer or a kid and uh it's it's been a fascinating experience he loves you that guy at the surf um, shop because you keep him in business well yeah he, man walter and i it's like a new yeah, surfboard we, every week yeah, you and between you and Walter, James has like he's like the Sultan of Brunei <laughs> when it comes true. to surfing. He's got a board for every day of the week, and depending on the condition, because he lives right. On- I don't think you can have too many surfboards. Do you have you? a longboard? Do you have a longboard? Oh yeah, I've got a I've got a beautiful Bing made in California. It's a nine foot two longboard, and I really like that. And the glassy mornings, just small waves it can catch anything i've got a photo of you in my phone i'm gonna, i'm just going to find it real quick to to show to jonathan of you on the uh, oh how romantic that's very nice of you yeah you, you on the you when you purchase the longboard. i hope you're only wearing a bathing suit <laughs> <laughs> well uh joel's been giving me gifts he gave me some movies and i've been watching them i really enjoyed Surfwise and endless summer and endless summer revisited on this show, actually, we have uh, movie and book reviews, and it doesn't even matter if you haven't finished them. We we go for partially completed books and movies. Have you been reading or watching anything lately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been. I've been actually went to the movies. I see a lot of movies, man, and I see a lot of TV shows, and and I read a lot of books. But uh, yeah, any standouts? You know, well, I'll tell you what. This is what I like to do. I like to tell you the endings to the movies. Yeah, spoil them. It's a better review. Yeah. Like Divergence, I just saw that. That's probably going to come your way in a couple of weeks. You, we got our movies way in advance. Divergence is really good. Uh, at, at the end, um, they end up find, killing the blonde lady who's the villain, and, and they kill her. Uh, the guy who comes out of his trance long enough to kill her. So that was pretty shocking ending. And uh, what else? Uh, the new Spider-Man movie that's probably not going to be there for three three weeks yet. Uh, he kills the villain in the uh, in the river. He drowns him in the river at the end in the submarine. Uh, what else? Um, we, we watched, <laughs> this is good. This is like this we watched really um, f- the Captain America. Oh, yeah, we watched uh, Captain America. The old the guy's a little bit of a putz, isn't he? Yeah, I thought it was horrible. I thought Captain America one sucked. Like, but Benny, and even in that other one, where with all the other superheroes, he really punches below his weight. Yeah, he was like even Thor looks too, advanced. Yeah. Mar- Marvel. Marvel did not Marvel comic movie division didn't do the comics justice. 
you know, Captain America could have been cool, but it, it was uh, it was horrible. Maybe it's lost a little outside of America. I like Marvel comic movies. Usually, when you sit down, you can bet yourself you're going to be uh, entertained for the next hour. Do you think they've done too too many Spider Mans and stuff? Like, no, as long as they do them right, they should do a Captain Australia. He's just some <laughs> beach bum. He wrestling you know, saltwater crocodiles. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's got like the lid of a lid of a auto bin. No worries, mate. Yeah, no, <laughs> the, the, the she'll bank be right. Is burning. No, no worries, mate. She'll be right. Why did you yeah. come to Australia so often? Why did I? Yeah. Yeah, you and a lot of other Australians asked that. Because a lot of Americans weren't. Yeah, most people won't bother coming. It's too far. But I you, was asked to come here by Rita Rudner's husband, who had booked a club in Mel- comedy club in Melbourne. And I just, at that time, I was young and foolish and would travel anywhere in the world to do comedy. And Australia sounded like a, a fun place to go, and the money was good. So. Uh, that's mainly why I went. I'm sure it was the money. But you hit it huge in a Yeah, I, I, I hit it really fast, really big there. But everyone does. I found out, like I said, people would say I was legendary. And then I would be flattered by that until they call their dog legend, legendary or the steak dinner <laughs> legendary or everything else is legendary as well. So, I, you know, but they do. Uh, it's a lot easier to make it there than it is in America. That's for sure. Well, it's such a small market. I've got a friend, actually. No, you guys are just tards. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I'll just go straight past that. So I've got a friend who's starting comedy. What sort of advice would you give to him? Stay out of Joel's way, God damn it. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> obvious. Taking his gigs. Joel's like the king here. He plays at the State Theatre. He's really making up big. Yeah, He's no. legendary. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jonathan, when you first came out, you, you Bert Newton had a late night TV show, right? Yes, he and he did. had you on the first time, and you just like all the all the feedback. I made him laugh so hard he had me on again the next night, and then the next, and then night, the next right? night after that, he asked me to come back three times in a row, and that one that was during his night show, and I was day yeah. show. And then, then you sold out the season, like yeah, we sold out all the back shows. Of that. And people had never seen the likes of me in Australia. Uh, but uh, we used to do the Denton show, Visard. Used to do all the shows. All they them. had respect for variety out there. Here in America, not so much. Was there anyone who was a, sort of a, a real sweetheart? You thought was just like a little bit. Bird Newt, yeah, Bird Newt yeah. was a sweetheart. I'm so, I thought you were going for it as there was there anyone who was a dick. Um, but Bird Newt, you, you, was you know, uh, years later when I was setting up your setting up your props when you would do Good Morning Australia with Bird Newt. I met him once on the first time and he was talking to me. The next time I went back, he remembered my name. He said, hi, Joel, how have you been? And See, I'm, big, and, big stars will do that. They'll take the time to memorize people. There's a system to that, you know. Yeah. You know that memorization yeah. system. Well, just use it and people are really impressed when you know yeah, their names. Yeah, yeah. I thought, here I am just setting up your props to some teenager. And, you know, he's remembered Well, he me thought that's he... what you were too, but then he remembered your name though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you see the same shill over and over again. Yeah. Stick. Yeah. But 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 in America though, Jonathan, you, you were doing Letterman, you're doing comedy. You, you had the highest rating Comedy Central special that everyone. Yeah, everyone I was knew. Uh, I was uh, I did quite well, and then I got the gig in Vegas, which I thought would be the ultimate, which it was. It made me very rich, but in turn, I, I lost my soul to to comedy doing doing it here. I didn't have much to begin with, but the little I did have, I probably lost it in Vegas. After I lost left Las Vegas. My career was basically over. Why is that? Because you were... You... Well, because I've been for for thir- 13 years I've been here. Out of the loop. And, and out of the loop and wasn't doing specials anymore on TV. I wasn't touring around getting my name out there. I was sitting stagnant in a one in a casino 
raking, raking in, in millions of dollars. And probably sure I would do it again the same way if I could have had to do it over again, but maybe not 13 years, maybe just maybe seven or eight years. And uh, they wouldn't have forgotten. It's like when I came back there, nobody knew who I was the last time, you know, because uh, I hadn't been back in 13 years to Australia either. Is it disappointing the, how you can go from super famous to non-existent? Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. It, there's a whole range of emotions that I don't know yet that I, I do know, but I haven't got to them yet so I, i'm glad i'm getting out now before i have to, to face those you know right now i'm just coming off of the longest running headliner title in vegas i've only been on the road for a year people don't but, know that but, the but comedy you, clubs you've uh, been selling out though getting well, standing ovations well that's and... because i announced it being my farewell tour before that i did a whole year of touring and the crowds were only mediocre they weren't great a lot of people uh, banked on me being being able to sell out these 500 seat rooms and, and i couldn't do it they like the show still, and they, they love the show, but they just I wasn't doing the numbers. So after I did that for about a year, I started uh, getting sick, and it's probably what made me sick. And uh, I decided to do a farewell tour. Once I announced that, everybody's coming back out now because it's the last chance they know they're going to get to see me. So I have the sold-out numbers again, most places, and uh, can't keep T-shirts in stock. So... It's all great making all this money when I'm going to be uh, giving it to my nephews and my nieces and everybody else. But do, do you think if you went back, you'd reprioritize your schedule or your health or, or live in a different place? I don't think you can reprioritize your health. I think your health takes its course. When it, I mean, the doctors could be very well could be wrong. They certainly were last time they diagnosed me with this. Uh, I proved them wrong. And... Uh, I just don't feel like I'm going to prove them wrong this time because last time I didn't feel like shit, and this time I do. So but you're like the key. You're like the Keith Richards of comedy, though. You know, no, because he lives on and on. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a difference right there. But you're still living on and on. You've proved them wrong in the past. <laughs> I've just been diagnosed, and I'm going quick. This ain't living on and on. Well, you're going to be living on and on. Well, one of the things we're doing with this podcast is where I guess we're lifting Joel's profile so that he can. You know, build an audience. Joel, Joel, I'm going to give Joel my act, part of my act. I just decided so that he can go out there and he can. Yeah, he's capable of making millions of dollars. Well, that is very just generous. With, what do you think about that, Joel? Just, even uh, do, just in doing uh, the material that I never did live, but just did on television. I've got hours and hours of it. Uh, well, I can't think of a better person to take uh, on the, the spirit. The legend lives on, but <laughs> he's got to gain weight. He's got to wear a headband. <laughs> he's he's um and the guys start doing drugs you gotta start doing drugs Joel. <laughs> that's part of the contract that's part yeah, of the drugs are not the answer the drugs well he's got a rider he does have a rider but it's at the moment it just states that he needs cool water in the fridge yeah well that's how it starts and then it gets to m&ms and then certain <laughs> yeah, right. color well, water is a gateway drug yeah it's gateway a gateway drug, drug. It's then, a it's, gateway. then it's melon balls and yeah. little finger sausages and sandwiches <laughs> and it continues on and i'm gonna have red m&ms yeah i like the contract writer contract writer's fun yeah i remember when we we're on the road it would be you you would have to have a sweet but it would have to be a two-bedroom suite. Yeah, what they call then, suite nowadays is the same thing they call limo nowadays. Yeah, a limo yeah. is a van, and a suite is a room with a, we, we, a kitchenette. We, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. This is this is a unit apartment. That's yeah. not. A, but we I have remember, to define what what suite meant and what, but what I, limo meant. But I remember I would have to call up the the hotel before we left 
to make sure that it was because there was one place that we turned up. I may have been in Daytona, and we turned up there, um, Dayton, Ohio, and we turned up there, and it wasn't a two bedroom. And you went, right, oh, the room's and, not ready, and and they, and they didn't, and they didn't have one there, so we moved to another hotel, and which did have the two um, two bedroom suite. So from then on, I always called up beforehand to make sure that they. Uh, well, yeah, you know what, there. my last road manager, you remember Chris Ritter, who yeah, took your place. Yeah. He didn't call, and we got bumped up. They didn't have our room ready. We were playing the biggest casino in, in the United States. It was the uh, Indian Casino in, in Connecticut. And David Letterman was, had come to that show as well. He snuck in the back door with his wife and watched the whole show. But it was sold out very quickly, more quickly than anyone thought it was going to. And 5,000 seats. And they didn't have my room ready when I got there. Now, here's being a prima donna. Are you ready for this? I told them that I'm going back to the airport and getting on the plane. Uh, next time they wanted to have me, they would make sure the room was ready and that, that, that everybody, everything was ready for me, especially since I sold that many tickets. And I walked out. And I didn't go to the airport like I told that I did. I went to another hotel. We checked into another hotel and to see if they would actually find us there. We didn't, nobody yeah. called out. So they went to the airport, found out we weren't there. They went to this hotel, found us. And I said I'd come back. Because the audience was coming in now. I was like, and, and I, I said, okay, I'll, I want an extra $15,000 to do this show because of you fucking making me do what I had to do. Yeah. I said, and then I hung up and I figured that's pretty fucking ballsy. Yeah. It was pretty, it makes me look bad. But so I figured a way out of it. I, I did, my manager did. He said, just tell him that you're going to give all that money to charity and that you want to prove, just make a point, you know, that don't yeah. fucking. Have yeah. our shit ready when we get there and when they yeah. act get here. Well, Joel, Joel does this stuff now. We gave it to charity and we gave the money to charity. And we didn't look like assholes. Yeah, yeah. Joel now books ahead when he's booked in and he oh. ensures that he's got a suitable room. I've got I've got techniques that yeah fail without Where fail. Do you think he got that hundred percent strike rate uh, <laughs> upgrades into suites. I got Arj uh, Arj Barker into the presidential suite at the Langham in Auckland. Same room that Condoleezza Rice stayed in. It's got like dining rooms and a spa and separate bedrooms and an office and a, a marble entrance and yeah. and, we're, and we're and we're just paying like a flat, you know, bottom base base rate. Right. So it's um yeah. I, I gotta up, have that man. You gotta have that once in a while. I don't get it. Since I pay for everything myself now, I I don't do that to me. I don't spoil myself like that. Yeah. I, I stay at the worst hotel. Do you? Uh, well, I stay at the like the uh, double fair, tree. Or double the... tree. Yeah. Now, uh, when if you, I'm paying for it, when you when you were doing that, I'd rather have the money for it for it than, than have them buy me. A yeah, movie. but 20 years ago, when you were touring Australia, when you did your first major national theatre tour, and you had Akmal um, opening yeah. for you, and he was called Peter Sali at the time, and he came on the road with you, and he tells a story about when you went to um, Adelaide, and you and you checked in at the hotel, and you went, no, nah, this isn't happening, and you took off, and you went to I think the Hyatt. In or or the Intercontinental, I think it might have been the Hyatt in Adelaide, and he called up Akmal, and he was at some other the hotel that the promoter had booked you at, and you're like, man, you got to come over here. It's got a steam room and everything. So he comes over, and you had left the door ajar for him, and he opens up the door, and he's like, Jonathan, Jonathan, and you're like, come in, come in, take off your clothes, come in. So he jump cut to you and him sitting in the in the steam room in your underpants. And just sitting there, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and like he hardly even knew you at that point. This I wasn't wearing underpants. Did he tell you I was wearing underpants? <laughs> <laughs> Sally, well, hang on, why was his name Peter? 
Oh, Axel's so he could work in RSL clubs. Why? Yeah. Were they? Because well, he no, he was originally booked as he was originally called That's Akmal. No, he was born Akmal, but he changed it to Peter when he got into comedy. Um, oh, seriously, when so, he wanted so, a job. So, so he wouldn't have you know those racial, uh, you know, this, this wasn't. But that's isn't that part of his act? Well, yeah, he. <laughs> this is the irony. When it came night to nine eleven, he changed it back to Akmal. As you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when, when what did you do after nine eleven? Amazing, Jonathan. Well, we worked that night. We were the oh, only. I remember we that. We were the night. only show yeah. in Vegas. Uh, that showroom that opened that night, everyone else went dark out of respect, but we went, did the show out mm. of respect because we figured that, that people were going to need to laugh, if anything, you know. That's and, true. And it was packed out. That show was packed, sold out. Mm. All the shows were sold out. Yeah. And uh, it was me and David Brenner who just passed away. Well, they reckon that, that yeah. um, chocolate sales have gone up, flowers. Small luxuries have increased. So I'm sure comedies on the up. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, I came off stage asking David Brenner, who's a famous comic in America. I said to him, "Why didn't they laugh at this bit that I just did?" And he's like, "What did you just do?" He says, "I just I closed with God bless the Taliban and as a joke, and nobody laughed at it." This is the night of. So yeah. he's like, "You didn't do that, did you? That's so bad. You can't do that." It just happened. It's too soon. And he's going off on me. And I just like, he really believes I fucking opened. Joel, one of Joel's greatest jokes in, involves them. So I suppose it's that people have had time to adjust to that. Time to adjust, yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't address, it addresses the Taliban, but it doesn't, non, doesn't address 9 11, although, you know, indirectly, but the, the joke does. But it's, um, I've never, yeah, yeah. Who oh, does a joke? No, I do. I, I do a joke saying I, I just got back from Afghanistan after performing for the troops. And sometimes people applaud in the audience. And I said, yeah, and who would have thought the Taliban would have such a great sense of humor? Oh, that's a good joke. That's, that's comedy. Yeah. Anyone who moans that that should be slapped in their face. <laughs> no, it's so good people steal it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, yeah, yeah, it has been. A mate of mine, Joe, who's um, we've spoken about before on the show, <laughs> but I don't think I've told you about Joe, Jonathan. He's... Um, He's, Thief, uh, he's, apparently. <laughs> he's a world-renowned <laughs> wood player, and he's you know very um, very what well player? regarded. Sorry, a uh, what player? Um, wood. It's a Middle Eastern instrument. Twelve. It's like a lute, a fretless lute, and he's used that joke numerous times on stage. In fact, I've gone to venues and they go, "Oh, that's Joe's Duadros's joke," and and then he did, had an article in the Australian newspaper and was quoted that line in the Australian newspaper. And then a mayor introduced him up in Queensland. And used that joke um, in his introduction. So yeah, Joe's um, so, Joe's hijacked that joke, so to speak. Huh? Yeah. And yeah. when that happens in Australia, they just I go up there and punch the guy for stealing their routine. <laughs> yeah. When you're in Vegas, do you have the same routine every night? No, no, almost but, though. But, but you get a volunteer out of the audience, so each night there's a different. Dynamic yeah, I got a different guy on stage, but it's it's almost the same every night. I I probably put maybe fifteen twenty minutes in. In the course of five years. So the thing with Jonathan's act is I have seen that show probably as much yeah, or more you, than anyone. You can I've see it a lot of times. I've seen like four years consistently, and that doesn't include all the other years that I saw, but as uh, for the time I was working for you, we were out here for four years. I'd seen I had lib, that's why, because I had lib. But... but each time, it's it's so repeatable, that show. And it's and also, too, there's a different dynamic because it's a different volunteer each night. And so. it's brilliant. I just carry that whole show myself. <laughs> I'm really very funny. And, and when you ad lib, uh, do you pay attention to? Probably more, 
Yeah, probably laughs per minute. More laughs per minute than any comic on this. There, there would be a part. There would be like a few minute segment in your show. I remember when you would just bombard the audience, and I remember at the Golden Nugget, and each yeah, it's night called went, the whole show. Yeah, but each night I'd come out to watch the audience for that one specific part of the show, and there would be people in agony. I've never seen an audience rocking and rolling. You know why? There hasn't been. <laughs> well, I think that they were partly in shock for some of your performances. I think so. Shock yeah, but people were hurting. Like, like you know, like I talked to like like Akmal and like legends of comedy in Australia, like Anthony Murr, legends. who doesn't do it anymore. But they said that they had never seen anyone kill an audience and destroy an audience like you used, like when they, when you were performing in Australia. Daryl no Summers once said, "I laughed until I stopped." <laughs> On my show. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, remember He's when you would get a, better. That's a, a, <laughs> what was that? Offhanded compliments that could be either one. He's never been better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But remember when you, sometimes you'd get a volunteer from the audience who was like a real dud or a real smart ass, and they weren't going to play along with it. And you used to have a thing at the at, at, in Vegas where sirens would go off. And it would go, yeah, ring, asshole, ring, asshole, asshole alert, ring, ring, it, asshole alert. Yeah, it's sirens go and, off. And then, and then, and then the stagehand would come out with a hard hat on and then remove the guy and put him back into the audience. So it was a perfect, and you were like, sorry, sorry, dude, you there's nothing off, I can do about this. Asshole, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm sorry you're an asshole. There's nothing I can do about this. And then you'd get another volunteer. Yeah, and that was always a great thing. Yeah, Jamoan liked that one. I was telling That's him about it. That's it. You got to, if you get him off fast enough, it doesn't damage your show if you do it right away. But if he's up there, and you already get to know him, and yeah. then you have to boot him off. That's not good. Yeah, That's bad. But you used to have everyone to come and see the show. I remember Jamie Packer had all of his guys come down and see the show. Where remember when they when they were um, holding the show for a few minutes because they were bringing in his people and they had the front row seats. Who was it? Jamie Packer, the, no. the Australian billionaire. Um, his dad, um, yeah, no, but oh, he was richest guy in Australia. Yeah, I remember when. Uh, when the hotel president said, you know, we got these VIP people coming down and you got to hold the show. And I was like, come on, we got to get the show going. I said, who are they? And he said, you know, it's... I remember Packers. when George Carlin asked oh, us to hold the show yeah, for Yeah, yeah. You, you know George Carlin, um, James, you know, he's like one of the great... You sent me his keynote speech and said he's one of the greatest ever other, other than Amazing John. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Carlin is like, you know, the... He's the, a comedy guy. The, the god of comedy. With and, all comics, yeah. And he, um, he came... Uh, have you still got that message? Yeah. Really? Could I get a copy of that? It would be great to play that on the... Sure. Yeah, yeah, there's this message. He leaves like this. This uh, is the thing that I would grab if my house is on fire. Yeah. <clears throat> it wouldn't be my girl or my daughter. be... But it was like a he came in. Uh, he you held. He was doing the MGM that same night, and he <coughs> said, "Can you hold the show for me?" And you had the opening act on stage going, and you yeah. said, "As soon as we get word that George has arrived, uh, wrap it up, and I'm coming on." And that's what happened. And then afterwards, you, there was no sign of George, and you thought well, he was out there, but he said he had to run real quick because he had all the. And I thought he could hang out with him, but yeah. I, he couldn't hang out. But when you got home, there was a yeah, on, back to your room. There was a message on your phone, twenty minute message on my phone, telling me how much he liked it, yeah, and dissecting my show and telling me why it was funny and why this was funny and the psychology. It just went on and on, about twenty minutes long. I remember at the end of it, he's like, "You're number one in my book any day." Yeah, you couldn't you could want a wow. better. Uh, what is it called? Verification? Uh, endorsement. Endorsement. Yeah, validation. Endorsement and validation. We were all right. Endorphins. <laughs> Endorphins. Endorphins. Drugs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Whales. But then he would call you up, wouldn't he? He'd be like in in traffic in New York. and he'd Yeah, call he called me out of the blue once in a while. I'd go, hey, I'm sitting in traffic. I'm thinking about you. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. 
is George Carlin. Well, I guess there could have been worse moments that he was thinking. About. Yeah, he called me up in the middle of the night too. What are you wearing? It's George Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy God. <laughs> it's a nice when you strike a relationship with someone a little bit famous. I've had that. Uh, we've got a famous guy who's a world class copywriter, and he sends me emails and he's writes very long, detailed emails. He's been instructive for helping my son become a rock star. And it's just, it's really good when you have that connection. And I think people. Who's that? This guy's called John Carlton. And, it, you know, he's, he just basically goes out of his way to do something that he wouldn't have to do. So you mm-hmm. must have been hilarious. You. <laughs> That's all right. Dude, goody, goody, goody tissues. <laughs> I go out of my way. Help people. How about that? How about that gig, Jonathan? You did for Reagan back in the when was that? In the eighty? It was for nineteen. Nineteen. Barababum. I was just a kid. I was a boy. But the recession you... hadn't hit yet. See, <laughs> yeah, it hadn't hit. Yeah, some big palooka gives me a gig. Yeah, see, I, I'm in the you're, you're working for me now, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah see, that's how we roll. <laughs> now do you... the rest of the interview like this, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, even you punk. Go on, ask me anything you want. Yeah, we're yeah. fucking old bootlegging. See, I will slap you upside your head. Yeah, yeah you won't know which way is up. <laughs> I'll snap at the drop of yeah, a hat. Why oughta? Why oughta? No, um, you got a call yeah. from. The... <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought I was over, he's back. You got a call from the. You got a call. You got a. You got a call from. You got a call from the Secret Service. Well, I thought it was this, my friends fucking around. Yeah, so I hung up. And what happened? I hung up by the Secret Service. It was really the Secret Service. <laughs> my friends pull shit like that all the time, so I'm like, okay, dicks. And, and what did they want? I'm stoned. You gotta go. <laughs> Uh, it was the Secret Service, and after my agency called and said, why the fuck are you hanging up? Uh, they did a background check and asked me if I wanted to do a show for the president, and I said, yes, yes. And they said, you've got to be on the street corner at like six in the morning or something, right? They said, the president of the United States. You thought, I thought United it was the president of, of what? <laughs> America. United States of America, what? And they're like, who is this guy? That. I kept doing it for like an hour. <laughs> And then, and then you ended up on a street corner at six in yeah, the morning waiting me, for a van. And they then told who, me to meet him there. And then who was standing on the street corner with you? Yeah, that a black man will pull up, and we had we had to get in the van, no questions asked. But there's Jerry Seinfeld. And they didn't pay for it, and then we had to pay for it ourselves the flight. So we all were there. I got to the street corner, and Seinfeld was standing there, Jerry Seinfeld, and Yakov Smirnoff. And none of you knew what the hell was. We you know. knew when we saw each other, we figured it out. We right. knew, what the hell is this? We get the call for the same call for the gig. Yeah. They wouldn't tell us where the gig so, was. So they didn't double book it. No, no. <laughs> so uh, they took us in a black van, and they drove a secret, under a secret tunnel to a lair. <laughs> it was a, a, a tunnel that went under the Hudson River in New York, and then we came up on, on an island, which is called Governor's Island. And we did a show for the president, France, and of the America and of America as well, both for presidents. Well, yeah. Well, who went yeah. first? Um, I know it wasn't me because I had just hit it, did a hit of ecstasy that that day, because <laughs> I figured if I'm going to do a show for the president, what would be the most fun to have? And doing a hit of ecstasy was on my list. So I just did that and didn't get high off of it, so I did another one. <laughs> and just the show time came around, and that's when I started feeling the first one. 
and it, it was pretty bad. And my manager at the time shot off a blank gun that we used in the show to test it out. No. And out of nowhere appears the Secret Service, like like Star Trek, like they're being beamed down from another planet. They appeared and they tackled him down to the ground and took his gun. And, and <laughs> they knew what it was. Is that the one you used to kill the bird? Yeah, that's yeah. the gun. That's the gun that got a 400-pound guy tackled to the ground. <laughs> and uh, Joel, they, that could have been you. They yes. knew it was a fake gun. They just wanted to prove their point. They did. It scared them. <laughs> and so they let you in the van with that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they did. yeah, so they're highly effective. They didn't do a search on our bags, yeah. not until we got there. And, and it, it was, after they found the gun, then they did a search on everyone's <laughs> bags. Yeah, no, we weren't going with any bags, I don't think. But uh uh, the security was tight. They were everywhere. The Secret Service was everywhere, and they all had their hands to their ears, and they all had their eyes on me because I was stoned, and they fucking probably knew it. They probably could tell. <laughs> They're trained for that kind of stuff to look for people that are like walking like in circles, and, yeah, yeah, walking in circles uh, <laughs> repetitively, <laughs> repetitively saying, "Going there, see, I'm about to perform." It's my, this is my show. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm taking I'm a stage. Do you need to have performance enhancers to perform, or, or can you do it straight? Oh, I could do it anyway. I could do it, it, it doesn't matter. In fact, uh, not doing it, uh, it's not performance enhancers. Actually, it kind of makes the show a little worse, but not so much that anyone would notice. But, but more yeah. fun for you. Yeah, it's more but fun for me. Back in the eighties, though, you used to do it off the off, off yeah, stage, I, I off would your do table, it off, and yeah, people would applaud. Going, oh, that's a good I, trick. When I was young, I like I like the smell of cocaine a lot, <laughs> and uh, I did a lot of cocaine. Me and Sam Kinison uh, were the yeah. Uh, he pulled. He didn't make it though. No. Yeah, but uh, but you, yeah, you used to party with Robin Williams. I partied with everybody because we all partied back. This was the eighties. Damn it! Yeah. This is Hall and Oates. I'm talking Hall and Oates and. <laughs> And Journey, the early days. Bill Collins. What would you say is the absolute highlight ever of your entire life? Oh, my God. There's not, I couldn't put my finger on that one. There's a lot of them. That the whole thing was a highlight. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. I mean, I, there's a million stories. You wouldn't believe I've lived six lives. Six lives I've lived. So I've had it made. Yeah, you've because you, you, you got into comedy like when the big boom came through in the eighties. Yeah, like you, you yeah. rode that for like every every like every. And I've had success for thirty years, man. Most people don't have it for five. You know, I mean, thirty years is longevity in the business, yeah. and uh, not very many people I grew up doing comedy with are still doing comedy. Yeah. Well, that's that's a that's an amazing achievement. Yeah, thirty years, man. It's kind of like your pre-name. Did you come up with your own name, Amazing Jonathan? Yeah, I must have wanted to go home early that day or something, but it, it was a stupid idea to name myself that. I mean, if I ever got a movie deal, you're not going to see Amazing Jonathan and Robert De Niro starring in. <laughs> you know, yeah. But you were just saying last night too how Jim Carrey called you up when he was leaving in Living Color, which was this um, great sketch comedy show that launched uh, initially launched Jim's career. Here in um, just yeah, like Saturday Night Live kind of a deal. Yeah, and he and he and he loved your act, and he called up and said, uh, and you know, "I want you to come in and replace do, him." Yeah, do the show. Yeah, I'm gonna step in those shoes. There's no fucking way I'm gonna even try to. Get, I, I never even dreamed I could be as funny as him, and then I'm not. So I'm, you know, I dream to my limits. <laughs> but not like all these other dreamers who dream dreams. I dream to my limits. Damn it! Yeah, someone should get but the you, word out on these quiz on these um talent shows you know like 
Britain, you've got talent or whatever. Some people turn up for auditions and their family members really should have given them a tap on the shoulder at some point mm-hmm. and said, you know yeah. what, you, you, know, you don't have it. Not, not everyone's well, got Well, the they actually probably do that in their own way. Yeah, but not, not, not forcefully if enough. Not, even if they did it forcefully enough, these people wouldn't listen. They would go and do it anyway if they thought. Do you think it's harder or easier now to get fame and fortune with the new sort of media available to people? Uh, I think it's a lot easier to get fame and fortune because there's a million ways you could do it now. I mean, the internet wasn't around. That's how you get famous now. If you're a comedian, you can be famous without even doing TV, just by doing internet shows. You should do internet, Joel. Yeah, I should, James. I got to talk to someone about that. Joel's actually putting up videos from his road trip on joelosborne.com. Yeah. And I think our, our listeners can go and see him. It'll, you'll probably be in one, won't you? Yeah, we we shot we shot one today. Jonathan gave us a a tour of the of his house here here in Vegas and it was uh it's all like booby trapped and set up with uh all these different uh, cool landmines, <laughs> yeah, landmines, and and a revenge kit too that he um, talked us through on how to how to get back at people with all horrible this chemicals, horror, chemical, yeah. chemical warfare, <laughs> yeah, little, but, little vials of meanness, yeah, yeah, stuff that makes people's skin burn and things that solidifies only the when you sprinkle it on their shirt and they start to perspire. <laughs> Well, I'm never going to piss you off, that's for sure. Yeah. I've got something that will turn your shirt purple and your skin purple (laughs) if you start to sweat in your shirt. But but Jonathan would always be getting me with stuff. You know, we lived in the same house in L.A., and but just stuff like he'd be hiding in the garden. I'd go and see a late night movie, and I'd be walking back through the garden. He'd be hiding, waiting with a hose, jump out, spray me, drench me with a hose, and go running off like a uh, school kid. Yeah, I'm not being expert people with the hose. I think it's silly. <laughs> I got the feeling uh, that you would do that sort of stuff when you do the hey, you've got something on your shirt gag like three times in a row. Yeah, that's you know? just annoying. It's more clever than that. I'm, Joel. No, I'm a practical joker, and I'm pretty. I get pretty involved in it. He's been involved in some of them for, for me. I told Joel I was going to wash this guy's car, piece of shit. Oh, yeah. And I told Joel, go tell him you'll get, you'll wash it for him, and then we'll take it. And we'll have it painted while he's gone. And I took the car, and we had it auto painted. All sprayed at the Yeah, like four hundred dollars paint job, and uh, took it back. And Joel pretended like he's scrubbing the car. <laughs> The guy's freaking out like his fucking piece of shit car is all like brand new paint. And Joe's just like, I just buffed it out, man. He's like, you didn't buff that out. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. There's this guy at my dad's work who was bragging how economical this Volkswagen that he purchased was. So my dad's workmates were topping it up with petrol for a couple of months. It never ran out of fuel. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Making him think he's getting great gas mileage. Yeah. Then all of a sudden he goes to real shit gas mileage. Yeah, he had nothing. <laughs> That's in my book. That one's in my book. Hey, Jonathan's got a book full of practical. I'll have to bring a copy back for James. Yeah, it's, it's full of practical jokes. Like, well, what are some of the? What are some of the? Oh, ones are... you unscrew your friend's shower head. You put some lollies in it. Screw it back on. And uh, when they're taking a shower, they're getting pretty layers of sugar on them, their bodies. <laughs> and then when they dry off at work, when they're dried off, they. Everything sticks to their arms, all the papers and all the shit. All the, the hair's matted down. Their hair's sticky, matted down, their clothes are stuck. And then they go home because they feel like shit and they want to take a shower because they feel so sticky. And they get back <laughs> in the shower again and it just perpetuates itself. And if, oh, uh, that's evil. Yeah, and if they're diabetic, you can kill them. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's been good catching up. Should we give you a rest now? Sure. I'll rest. <laughs>
And he's back. All right, that was a quick that was a quick nap. Joel Joel uh, was on my show tonight. Yeah, John relived some of the um God, many of the stories that involved LAPD, junkyards, drug dealers, <laughs> yeah. su- attempted suicides, 44 Magnum pistol. Hunter Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson gave him a 44 Magnum um, gun, like a Dirty Harry gun. That um, he lost that, to the police. Yeah, the LAPD. I had the LAPD pulling guns. Joe lost on me. me by Magnum. Oh, really? Yeah. Where was the show performed? This was not a show. This, this was all life. in his. This was my life. <laughs> this was all off stage in in the house in Los Angeles. This was all real. This was, it was no bloody show. Joe called the cops on me because he thought I, I was going to commit suicide. I didn't call the cops. It was I came to warn you about the cops being called. Somebody called the cops on yeah. me. Yeah. And it wasn't me. And some of Joel's hanging <laughs> That'd be the ultimate yeah. dumb practical joke to call yeah. the cops they, on yourself. They sent a SWAT team. They, pulled, they initially pulled all their guns on me and the street outside of the house thinking I was Jonathan. So I'm, I'm on the ground with my hands behind my head, the security guard. Did you give him up? Did well, no, Jonathan's up, Jonathan's up in there. He gave me up. <laughs> I came to warn you that the, the LAPD were on their way but over. But you did well, I tried, but you, you weren't listening. I'm banging on the door, but the Nine Inch Nails music was blasted on number 11. And I, I, couldn't, um, I couldn't get anyway, into Anyway, they got in. Ha- handcuffed Jonathan. They broke my bedroom door down with their feet and then had the shotgun riot shotguns held at my head. And uh, then one of them recognized. Oh, they found my gun, too. I lied yeah. to didn't have a gun. And, and they, brought it, they brought Jonathan out the front of the house in handcuffs. And then one of them goes, hang on, aren't you the amazing Jonathan from Comedy Central? And they're like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I should be able to get out of these handcuffs then, right? And they're all laughing. And he's got, a, he's got all these <laughs> LAPD guys rolling around laughing. And next minute, you Good know. Good audience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're. Uh, so do you think uh, having comedy is like a special skill gets you out of trouble? Oh, yeah, it gets you out of trouble. Hell yeah, it does. does it get you dates? Gets you everything in life. Gets you dates, it gets you money, gets you respect, gets you everything. It's, it's got it all. And do you think it can be learned or just have to be naturally gifted? No, a little of both. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could train somebody to be funny. I'm going to give somebody my show, maybe, maybe teach them how to do it and keep it, keep it going, you know. Like a theater production. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's generating money for my family, my poor crack babies, <laughs> <laughs> my kids overseas that I support. <laughs> you know, for a price of a cup of coffee, you could be supporting a An child. amazing Jonathan crack baby. A crack baby. Yeah. <laughs> One of my kids. <laughs> hey, this is like a commercial. All right. All right. I'm going to bed. Joe's got to get up early, goddammit. He's got to drive. i got to drive back to L.A. Six in the morning, and he's oh. all the way back to L.A. Well, thanks so much for spending some time with us, Amazing Jonathan. It's, it's been uh, oh, my certainly fascinating to hear what you're up to, what you did in the past, what's coming down the pipeline. Good luck with the Supporter Crack Baby Foundation. And yeah, is there, yeah. Do you have a website or anything people can go to? No, I'm not I'm coming up behind on that. Of course, I have a website. That's all right. Well, <laughs> I just don't know about this internet thing. <laughs> yes, I have a website. What's this thing you called website? <laughs> <laughs> it's at CompuServe. <laughs> if you search on Alta Vista, you should find it. <laughs> yeah. What was the old one in Australia? What was the old company in Australia? That Explorer? Was, no, even older oh. than that. There's an Australian company, the internet company back then. What was the big internet company back in Australia? Back in the 90s. Yeah, one of the first ones. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I just can't 
I can't remember what it is either. One of the very first ones. Yeah, yeah. A couple, yeah. a couple of them. That I, I don't know if it was Alta Vista or something else, but they, they're not around now, right? Yeah, this is one of the first ones, man. It was pretty big, but it's uh, you, you have a, we have AOL. You've got mail. That was the first one, and it's still the best. Yeah. AOL. This is a plug for AOL. <laughs> who, who, who's your commercials on your show? Oh, we don't. Do you have commercials? No. 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 We oh. sp- basically promote our own stuff. So we promote joelosborne.com. This is a message for our, from our sponsors, yeah. And then other people <laughs> go and check the- out my business at superfastbusiness.com. Yeah. This is laying back, everybody. Laying back. Kicking, is that what it is? Kicking back. For kicking back, everybody. <laughs> we were laying. Kicking back. <laughs> Lay- you know? Joel would never go <laughs> for that. He's got some <laughs> homophobia. Joel and James laying back together. Yeah, he, he wouldn't go for that at Smooth all. Smooth comedy talk. Yeah. Jo- <laughs> Amazing Jonathan lays back with James and Joel this week. That's no, just. But, but yeah, John- Jonathan. Kenny G. You guys need Kenny G music. <laughs> no, it's just. We even have it. We, we do have our own music and we, we have a, uh, a tagline as well, which is uh, uh, what is it? Heartfelt and yes. high plus. Okay. Well, I think this is well, amazingj.com okay. is um, Jonathan's website, I and I, and I think I think this um, this podcast has lived up to the name of being heartfelt and hopeless. Heartfelt and hopeless. Yeah, is it? It's, Wait, say it's that been, again. <laughs> heartfelt and hopeless. Is that better? Is that this better? Is it? That's good. You, you know, we might replace the the official bumper. That that was a good one. You heartfelt, Joe. You do hopeless. <laughs> Well, heart, 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 hopeless. <laughs> We've gone from hopeless to hopeless. Got to do. I'm doing echoes on your words. <laughs> heart, heartfelt and hopeless. hopeless. <laughs> we actually take the funniest part from the whole show and put it before the intro, so you know it's, it's anyone's guess. The intro to what? To the show. To the show. It's like a What's grab to make show? people really interested. <laughs> what, what show? show? What show, James? <laughs> Motto, I forgot it. What's the motto, James? Back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. And what's the tagline? Is it's either heartfelt (laughs) and (laughs) hopeless or hopeless and heartfelt? I can't remember. You're asking a lot of me. It's been an hour. (laughs) But the two two tag words, though, are what? (laughs) Now you're fucking with me. Hopeless, 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 hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. We're gone. On that note. All right. Well, James, it's been a pleasure. Jonathan, and it's been great to have you on this, Jonathan, because, you know, Jonathan's the reason why I got into this this whole um, racket, uh, racket, uh, racket, so to speak. Racket, racket, racket. <laughs> well, you certainly do get into it. Yes. Racket. And, um, yeah, it's been, and it's been, I, I'm leaving, I'm going to bed bye, shortly. Bye, and I'm leaving. bye, 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 And then I'm leaving in go, four, go, four go, hours. Go, 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 go. So, uh, Jonathan. Hang up, a, hang up, hang up, hang up, hang up. It's been a pleasure hanging out these past few days. Days, days, days. <laughs> see, you, see you later, amazing bye. Jonathan. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, it's, um. It's been we, real, it's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun. So I'll see you later. See ya. Swell, but the swelling's gone down. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See you, James.